Girl on Purpose Radio, episode number 30. Welcome back to another episode of Girl on Purpose Radio. My name is Vivian Tenorio. I am the former CEO of Signature Flan, turn radio and TV host. And each and every weekday, you are given the opportunity to join me and my amazing guest as we share our spirited stories of our successes, our failures, as well as incredible tips and insights for starting a business and finding fulfillment. We are definitely opening up our playbooks and paving the way for you to take our lead. Thank you for spending this time with me. Now let's get started. All right, you guys. So on today's show, I am interviewing Maddie D'Amato. She is the co-founder of Love Grown Foods. Super sweet, super cool girl. She is out of Denver. They are a natural foods company and they are growing at a very rapid pace. Maddie shares with us her story. She shares with us some of the mistakes that she has made and then some of her best business tips. So you guys grab some paper and grab a pen. She has a lot of great information for you and I bet you will be inspired. All right, you guys. Oh, before I forget, we have a giveaway. So stick around all the way to the end and I will tell you all about it. Here you go. Welcome back to another episode of Girl on Purpose. I am pumped to introduce my guest today. Her name is Maddie D'Amato. Welcome to the show, Maddie. Thank you so much. I'm really thrilled and excited to be here. We are excited to have you. So Maddie is the co-founder of Love Grown Foods. They are a Denver-based natural food company on a mission to create healthy, delicious, and affordable products while educating kids on the importance of fueling their bodies right. So Maddie, take a second, give us a little bit about your personal story and tell us a little bit more about your company. Yeah, Alex and I met while we were undergrads at the University of Denver and it was really Alex who had the idea to take my cooking and my love for food and love for people and background in health and wellness and put it into a packaged product and sell it in the mass market on a national scale. And I have to admit that I thought he was totally crazy when he came up with the idea. We were still undergrads at the university and he was the one who really did the research in terms of packaging barcodes, nutritional labels to get a packaged product on the shelf. Originally, we wanted to make and sell fresh pesto, quickly realized perishable products have so many challenges. And so instead, we took my mom's granola recipe, and that's what got us into the 7,500 retailers that we're in today. And we have recently launched three new products. We have a hot oats instant oatmeal cup, a super oats hot cereal blend with oats, quinoa, chia and amaranth and then our most recent product which is so thrilling which we just revealed a couple uh this last month is our power o's which is a o-shaped cereal made with navy beans lentils garbanzo beans and brown rice so we're really excited to be putting the foods into love grown foods and growing our distribution as well as our company as we continue to grow and expand how exciting so did you always want to be an entrepreneur did you and alex always kind of have that idea Alex knew he always wanted to own his own company, and I really was on a passion and a path to pursue health and wellness. And so we both knew in some capacity we would be doing a business likely separately, and it was really Alex who had the idea that we should join forces, and he really comes with so much experience and passion for the back end of finance and vision and overarching 
how we can build a company. And my passion really is in the food and the ingredients and the people and building a company that can, people can connect to. And so it was, it's definitely a joint effort hands down. And I think that it took us by storm, the amount, the way we got distribution and how quickly we've grown, but we've never looked back. Right. So you guys are very well balanced partnership here. We are. We find ourselves pretty much a match made in heaven. We're so different. Um, Alex is very calm and collected and has a much more even keel about him, whereas I'm so excited about spreading the love. I get to be the chief love officer and really bringing the passion out beyond just putting products on the shelf, but really getting to be the face behind the brand and the passion behind the brand, and it works out perfectly. Tell us the story of how you guys landed such a massive customer like Kroger. Yes. So this story is totally phenomenal. And I do joke that if we were to go back in time and try to retrace our steps, even ourselves, I don't know if we would be able to do it. It was so much of it was about the timing, the product, the opportunity, and the fear factor of just going for it and not thinking twice. So Alex and I, after graduating a year early, we moved up to my hometown and we moved in with my parents. We were living in their basement and Love Grown really was a side project. We both were working full-time jobs. Like I said, it was Alex who took it on himself to research barcodes, packaging, nutritional labels. And we got our first product officially launched in the summer of 2009. And we got into two local coffee shops who were thrilled to take the products. They had known me for years, having grown up there. And... At the time, Alex was working at the local Wells Fargo, and the city market manager, city market being a subsidiary of Kroger, would come in on a regular basis, and Alex was the one who went up to him and said, I know this is years off, but my girlfriend and I own a health food company, and we'd love to know what it would take to eventually get on your shelves. And Don, the city market manager, was like, bring it in, let me see. So we brought him samples, and two months later, he put us on an end cap in city market in Aspen, Colorado. We sold 300 bags in the first three days and over 1,000 bags the first month. John had never seen a new product sell so well, and he immediately said, you guys have to go to Denver. You have to present this product to King Supers, the parent company of City Market, also a subsidiary of Kroger, and you have to get into more stores. Fast forward six months later, we were in 80 King Supers and City Markets throughout Colorado, had quit our jobs and took the biggest risk of our lives, and we were manufacturing our products in a commercial kitchen from 4 o'clock at night to 4 o'clock in the morning and just spreading the love all day long at farmer's markets, events, demos, you name it. And that's when we got the attention of Kroger Corporate. And nine months later, we presented to Kroger Corporate, and they came back and said, we're taking four of your five flavors of granola, and we're launching you into 750 stores. And so with that, we raised capital, we ramped up production, we got our own commercial baking space. And two weeks before we got the order, they called us and said, we're actually not launching you into 750 stores. We're launching you into 1,300. And we never looked back. We were so ecstatic. It didn't even occur to us that how scary of a thought that was. We were just so thrilled. And we pulled 24-hour shifts, and we did everything we could. And we've never turned back. We kept the pedal on the metal. And today we're in close to 8,000 retailers throughout the U.S. and Canada. Maddie, <laughs> what a great story. Oh. <laughs> Yay! I'm so happy for you guys. That is such a great story. That is such a great story. Oh, oh man. Thank you. Okay, so tell us why build out your own facility? Why not go the co packer route like so many do? You know, this is such a great question. And 
we currently do outsource all our manufacturing. So I have to first um, state that it wasn't a long-term solution per se. However, in the beginning, it was probably the best decision we made, even though it was so challenging. And we really didn't have any background in manufacturing. However, that process and that experience taught us so much about our product, we became experts on it and we knew it better than anyone. So that when we did make the decision to outsource our manufacturing, we were able to really ensure that the quality was maintained, that we knew the process and we knew how efficient we could be with manufacturing of it. So it was actually a really big benefit. And we saved a ton of money in the beginning because we weren't paying an additional fee to have someone else manufacture a product. It was Alex and I literally baking from 4 o'clock at night to 4 o'clock in the morning because that was the only time we could get commercial kitchen space. And then later when we were in our own commercial kitchen space, we had a team of awesome employees who we were managing. But I think that it depends on your product is the biggest piece of advice I would say. And if you can save money and manufacture yourself, by all means, it's worth it just because you can put those resources into building the brand, building distribution, demoing, things like that that really are critical in the early stages. It depends if your product cannot be manufactured, if there's special equipment required. I think it's a balance between how much you want to invest up front in equipment and how much you want to just go forward with outsourcing it to an expert who manufactures similar products, and then you can save th- that headache and do it through them. So it's kind of a balance and it's a case by case basis. You guys have been making really smart decisions from day one. So you guys have never thought of your, well, I think you guys have never thought of yourselves kind of small. What are we going to do for now? You guys have always thought long-term. So we're big and we make decisions, you know, to scale. So exactly. Yeah. So let's talk about pricing. So in the beginning, you guys were not too focused on let's make this huge profit um, on each of our products. You guys were thinking, okay, how do we compete with the competitor? And how do we keep our prices at the same price point? So tell us what the strategy was behind that. We really knew in the very beginning that we wanted to compete against Bare Naked, and that was where we set our benchmark for pricing, recognizing that in the beginning, being in a small town, we could have been very artisan, we could have priced our products much higher, but Alex, and I give him so much credit for having this big picture vision from the very beginning, knew that he wanted to build a brand that could be taken mass markets, and that would be retailed everywhere from small independents and natural food stores all the way up into your mass grocery and one a brand that could really have the legs to not just run but to sprint. And so with that, our goal from the very beginning, even though there's pros and cons with taking this approach, we really were adamant about being a competitively priced product. And had we not, I don't think we ever would have gotten the opportunity we did with Kroger or with City Market. Just because it was because of our price point, we were able to even be considered to be put on the shelves of such an incredible grocery retailer. Okay, so you guys have an amazing product, you have the pricing right. How do you guys set yourself apart from the competition? This is something that really evolved as the company evolved. And I think that Alex and I knew very little about the competitive landscape. We never did that much research when launching into granola. Had we known how competitive it really is, I don't know if we would have launched that type of product. However, we got this head start by being pioneered by City Market and then being launched into King Supers and then into Kroger. And we really built an incredible 
brand that we can now expand other foods into. And I think so much of it is having a price point that does differentiate us. That's hands down one of the most important parts. Our products are also gluten-free, which was at a $4.99 price point for a bag of gluten-free granola, it set us apart by $1 to $2 for most of our gluten-free competitors. And we also had a much more toasted granola. Bare naked, I mean, five years ago when we launched the brand, the major competitors were more soft-baked granolas, or bare naked, for instance, really is known for its soft-baked granola. And we came out with a cluster, toasted-to-perfection granola that served not just as breakfast, but also as a snack. And the perfect thing that you could eat right out of the bag. I know your first couple of years in business, it was rough. You and Alex were cooking and baking and packaging and all that overnight. Did you ever think, this is not for me? No, Alex, I don't want to do this. Or did you ever have a moment of doubt? In all honesty, I think that because we were in it together, we never let each other get there. And even when one person may be like, oh, my gosh, this is tough. I don't know if I can go on. The other person would immediately jump in and say, we have this going on. This is exciting. Think about this. And we were each other's cheerleaders through some of the toughest times of our lives. We took such a huge sacrifice to really build this company. We stopped seeing friends, family, taking any trips. We practically lived off granola. We really poured ourselves into this business. And I think having one another as not only business partners, but as life partners to really build something together made us and allowed us to get through such an intense, tough time, but also was so rewarding on so many levels because we really built something out of nothing, out of just a sheer idea into what it is today. And sometimes I pinch myself thinking about five years ago and would we have ever seen ourselves here? And we did, but it also is somewhat unrealistic that we actually are here, and it's thrilling. Right, right. It's thrilling for me just to hear it. I'm not even part of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Thank you. This is such a great story. Your story, your product, you guys are going to rock it. Okay, so... Oh, you're fabulous. <laughs> so how do you continue to scale the business on a shoestring budget? This is such a balancing act, and I think that any entrepreneur that's bootstrapping it essentially this is there's no real method to the madness it's kind of a chicken or egg question constantly whether it's new products whether it's distribution whether it's hiring it's constantly what do we do first and so much of it is trial and error and I think that we've um, been fortunate to have less error and lots of trial so honestly I think that it was timing the development of new products right. And so much of that was great advice that we got early on from a family friend who said, be focused. And before you start launching into, I mean, we had ideas to do trail mixes and nut butters and all these other products. They were like, grow your distribution with your oak clusters, get your granola into a solid foundation, then start thinking about new products. And that was some of the best advice we got because we were able to stay focused on one product, five flavors, get the distribution into close to 7,000 stores before we really started working on new products. And then from there, we were able to really use economies of scale and the efficiencies that we had already gained over the last three plus years to apply that to new products. So it was a natural progression to go from granola to oatmeal, just because people who often eat a cold granola in the summer are eating oatmeal in the winter. Plus, we're buying tons of oats. 
And so it was just a natural progression as we continued to grow and develop the brand. This most recent product really is much more of an exciting and challenging product because we're entering into one of the most competitive categories of the grocery store, box cold cereal. You're going up against the biggest companies out there and we're taking a huge risk, but we're also bringing in excitement, innovation, and a product that has never even seen the shelves before and we're getting phenomenal feedback. And so I think being patient and being focused was really, it laid a solid foundation for us to build and build and grow the company, which was critical. I am following you guys on pretty much all the platforms out there for social media. And I noticed in one of your Instagram, I think it was, pictures that way in the background, I saw a vision board and I thought, how cool is that? They have a vision <laughs> yes. board in there. Uh, how important is corporate culture to you guys? This is something that is so important. And I think it comes with time as the company grows, as we bring in amazing people onto our team. And it's so, and so much of it also stems from the founders and our passion and excitement for the brand and going through the day to day emotional roller coaster. But the vision board is something that I have one at home, I have one at the office. I think they're fabulous. And we really, I think being able to pull yourself away from the day to day minutia that can bog you down and really remembering what's our vision, what's our goal, where do we see ourselves, what do we aspire to be, it's critical and it's important to have daily reminders, even if you're not staring at it and thinking about it, you kind of pass it by and it's through osmosis that you get these daily constant inspirations to keep aspiring for huge lofty goals and um, the love pad, the culture at the love pad is pretty fun and we're really excited to be doing funky, quirky things, whether it's lovers' lunches where it's a potluck-style lunch and we all sit around a family-style table and eat a meal together as a, as a family, as a unit, or having happy hour on Fridays and having time to really it's work hard, play hard, and so we want to do both. And it's a small team. We're in it together, and it's really been exciting. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. So you guys, from the beginning, have been making some really great decisions. But tell us a mistake that you made that you could give to someone else as a learning lesson. I think one of the hardest pieces of growing a business is lack of funding and really focusing your resources into the necessary places. As such a small company, every little penny counts. And so you're often hesitant to spend, especially on big expenses such as accounting fees or legal fees. And I think that that's the biggest piece of advice I would give is that those expenses are some of the most critical expenses, especially early on when you're building the foundation of your company. You want to make sure that you have the right structure in place. You have the right legal documents in place simply because that's so critical as you go out and grow and if you eventually raise capital or as you eventually hire on more people, you need those, I think, legal fees are, are, or not legal fees, but you need the right legal counsel and the right accounting counsel on board from the beginning. And that's my biggest piece of advice that um, we learned as we went. And I think we could have, if we went back in time, would have spent more, even though it's such a hard cost to swallow, but it's so critical. I agree with you 100%. Let's talk about the greatest business decision you made that kind of changed everything for you. The greatest business decision, hands down, was really, I mean, it's there's so, there's so many that you can look at, but 
from the very, very beginning, the biggest decision that Alex was really adamant about was having a professional-looking package from the very beginning. And having grown up in a small town where we had amazing community support, we easily could have bagged our granola and Ziploc baggies and started selling it in coffee shops. But it was Alex who was so adamant about first impressions and how those first impressions make such a huge impact on your consumer. And if they feel like they're buying a professional product and if they feel like they're buying a similar product to their competitors, that impact goes so much further than that first purchase. And so it was really Alex who was adamant on finding a stand-up zipper pouch that we can mimic and replicate the packaging of our competitors, making sure there's a real nutritional barcode making or nutritional label, making sure there's a barcode, making sure all of those elements that are found on professional packaging were on our very first package. And I think it was critical to our success. And one of the reasons that we were able to get into our first major retailer being City Market. If you could give an aspiring entrepreneur three business tips, what would they be? The biggest things that I truly am adamant about that are required for anyone starting a business or anyone who's in business is to be passionate. It's so important. You have to love what you do. It's hard work, and if you're not passionate and if you don't love it, you won't make it. The second would be be persistent. Had we never continued to knock on doors and to really push and to really get buyers to get, give us attention, we never would have picked up as many accounts as we did, especially early on and even today. And the last thing is to be fearless and to really be able to push aside the fear factor of failure and to really be able to go for it, recognizing that there's going to be mistakes and there's going to be huge challenges and you are likely going to have a number of bumps in the road, but to be able to kind of push aside that fear factor and just go for it. If you believe in what you're doing and if you really have the ability to go for it, that's going to be, you're going to be successful. What are you guys excited about now? What's going on over there at the love pad? Oh my goodness, there's so much to be excited about. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> Some of it is definitely around the current launch of our newest product, Taros, this bean-based cereal, which is one of a kind, beans for breakfast, and bringing that concept to life, especially with our retail partners and being able to put that product on the shelves and get behind it and bring this entire new concept to our consumers about how breakfast can be revolutionized and how the box cereal category, which has been stagnant for the last 10 to 15 years, has so much excitement behind it and how we are really here to shake up that category. So that definitely is thrilling and really, really lots of excitement around that. But then there's also so much excitement about what's next. And we've built an opportunity to put incredibly healthy and delicious foods on the shelves that are also priced affordably and that are so good for you and that consumers love. What do we come out with next? And what is the next Love Grown product that we want to bring to the market and really grow as we grow as a company? And so we're always looking at R&D and constantly throwing around ideas. But that's going to be one of the next phases of Love Grown Foods is kind of looking into what the next Love Grown Foods product will be. And it's very exciting. Very exciting. So do me a favor, tell Alex that he has a fan here at Girl on Purpose. Tell Carrie that I said hi. Thank you so much for being on the show. You are a true inspiration and you guys oh, are rock lovely. stars. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so tell the listeners how they can find your great products. 
So you can find our products, like I said, in close to 7,500 retailers throughout the United States and Canada, ranging from major retailers such as Kroger, Safeway, down to Whole Foods, Sprouts, Natural Grocers, Vitamin Cottage, The Fresh Market. You can also find our products online through Amazon, Ace Market, and Vitacost. And if you, we're not in a store near you, by all means, shoot us a love note. Go to our website, lovegrownfoods.com. Send us an email. We would love to be in touch with you and um, send us a request of where we can get the love so that it's available in stores near you. I love it. Thank you so much, Maddie. You have a great day. Thank you so much. Have a lovely evening. I'll talk to you soon. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, so that was my interview with Maddie with Love Grown Foods. She was such a sweetheart and just a rock star. Her energy was really, really nice during the interview. So I hope that you guys have enjoyed this episode of Girl on Purpose. Don't forget on my website, VivianTenario.com, there in the show notes, you can find the links back to Maddie so you guys can stay connected with her and her amazing company. Also, the giveaway. So Maddie has been cool enough to give away some of her yummy love products so go to my website in the show notes I will have all of the details on how you can enter the giveaway all right you guys thank you so much for coming back for another episode of girl on purpose I will see you guys tomorrow